This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Mark Honf is off today. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during the show. That certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Uh, that certificate's worth over $100, so you'll want to listen to the uh, trivia. And uh, today's trivia theme is miscellaneous trivia. So, Nam, let's uh, get right into it. You've got some good articles to share. Yeah, I have some good articles. Hello, Edward. I think it's been a while since uh, since we've done the show, right? Yeah, I've had Patty on last week. and Yeah, yeah. I miss having doing the show with Patty. Tell her I said hi. Hey, Patty, if you're watching, hello. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no. So let's jump right into it. Um, so, gosh, when last time we were, and you know what, I always talk about real estate whenever we're um, real estate sales, residential real estate. That's sure. just the kind of side of the business that I really uh, love and like to follow. So, um, again, once again, uh, I'm going to talk about real estate, residential real estate. And so we're in uh, August now. And, um, you know, for the last, gosh, since this time last year, I think real estate sales activity had been the highlight and how, you know, we're just yeah. seeing, you know, a lot of um, transactions happening, a lot of purchases and, uh, and refis because Refi, of low interest yeah, rates. Yeah, but sure. so every time I'm on the show, I kind of talk about it. And, you know, for the last 11 months or so, it's been, you know, just a continued rise, a few points where we're seeing softening, but, you know, starting to see articles and actually just seeing listing signs and, in in Novato in my neighborhood where um you know that where homes are sitting a little bit longer it felt like anecdotally um but uh this article in in Manus uh today by Lillian Dickerson so single family housing starts take unexpected hit in July so despite a decline in starts which reflected curbed confidence in June amid mellowing lumber prices experts said gains made in permit applications were a positive sign so housing starts um, you know, new construction, new builds, um, you know, took, as this article states, an unexpected hit. So the article goes on to say, after modest gains made in June, new single-family housing starts took a sharp hit in July, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Um, single-family starts in July were down 4.5% from June, but they're still up 11.7% over July of 2020. Um, privately owned housing starts were at a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.5 million, down 7% from the revised June 2021 numbers, but up 2.5% year over year. Well, I wonder how, they, they, how much of this, to, do you, I'm not sure how much of this has to do with lumber prices, you know, in the supply chain, because now things are going to be getting back to normal, apparently. Uh, things were yeah. three and four times the price for lumber, but now it, it seems like it's getting streamlined again. Do, do you think those numbers are affected by that at all? Yeah, well, you know, it does go on to say that new permits uh, jumped up. 
So housing starts, the actual construction, you know, beginning of construction was down, but permits um, were up. Okay. So I think you'll you'll probably see, cause, and then another article talks about lumber prices um, falling 71%. Yeah. So better deal await do-it-yourselfers, and, and I'll jump into that a little bit. But you're, I think you're right. I think that um, in June, I don't think we saw, or maybe it was late June, but certainly in July, we started seeing lumber prices dropping down to like 2018 levels because they were yeah. insane they were. for a while. But then also you've got uh, people – theoretically <laughs> kids going back to school pretty soon and so that's yeah. going to be changing you know the whole dynamic of buying houses exactly and you know my comment about home uh homes in Novato and my neighborhood sitting on the market listed homes i mean that's that's different from housing starts yeah but um but it does you know but but real estate in general you know we're seeing articles about sort of flattening and uh, home prices flattening a bit, but you know that's also seasonality because summertime for us has historically not been it's been great, but it hasn't been the strongest quarters or months you know, compared to other other years. So um, I think once we get past the beginning of school uh, and housing starts, you know, picking or permits resulting in housing starts, I think you're going to see probably not the same frenzy going into the fall that we saw you know, that we've seen over the last year. Yeah. But overall, I mean, it's all relative. Overall, our activity in general is just, you know, breaking records. Over, I think there's, over still, there's still a lot of buyer fatigue, too. Yeah. You know, they, they just yeah. get outbid by 15 other bids, and they just say, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to wait for the prices to drop, if they even are. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I think uh, that buyer fatigue, you know, if prices level out, you'll, you'll probably see interest picking back up. Um, you know, housing activity. We're going to continue on in the next segment uh, with uh, some real estate talk. So here's our uh, first trivia question. Uh, The lumbar spine consists of how many vertebrae? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. And want to make a mention here for the join the Napa River excuse me Napa River History Tour on a beautiful two-hour kayak tour as they explore Napa's most revealing and provocative uh, secrets. Perfect for all fitness levels and experience. They include the kayaks, life jackets, and paddles. Check them out at NapaRiverHistoryTour.com. Again, um, our trivia question for the tanning certificate is, the lumbar spine consists of how many vertebrae? All right, 888-912-1190. Stay with us. The best of investing. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Uh, First trivia question was, uh, the lumbar spine consists of how many vertebrae? Uh, 32. No, it's only five. 
The lumbar spine. Oh, lumbar, oh, lumbar I mean, spine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the whole spine. I'm wondering about all. Did I get that question wrong? I know. It's just the lumbar. <laughs> I have 32 lumbar spines, so everyone else is deficient. <laughs> They're deficient. It's like uh, you got a lot of chromosomes. So no, just kidding. Um, hey, want to make a quick mention here, too, also for Palio Restaurant. It's been the premier Italian restaurant serving downtown San Francisco since 1990. And it's no surprise, it's been voted best Italian restaurant in, in the SF Weekly this year. Palio has uh, consistently been voted one of the best restaurants in San Francisco by San Francisco locals. Check them out. PalioSF.com. That's P-A-L-I-O-S-F.com. All right. Ooh, uh, sounds good. I'm going to have to try that. Oh, they're very good food. And they they put a lot of money in redecorating. Um, and I was mm-hmm. there, I guess, a little over a month ago. The food was, was phenomenal. And I'm not even that big awesome. an Italian food piece or person, but it was really good. Huh. Yeah. Right on Sacramento awesome. Street. Okay. Uh, no, I'm going to continue on with what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so in the last uh, segment, we were talking about uh, lumber prices. We were talking about housing starts and permits. Um, so there's one, there's one caveat to the lumber prices going down. Um, you know, the, well, the benefit obviously is the reduced cost of uh, construction costs overall, having lumber prices uh, drop. And also for do-it-yourselfers, if you're if you wait a little while longer for the wholesale savings to fully pass on to retail, meaning you know to back to Home Depot or Lowe's or any um, lumber stores, then you know you you can start seeing some of the lower lumber prices. I was doing some projects over the summer, and it was insane how much it cost for for redwood. Uh, yeah, you know, four by four redwood was just incredible. Yeah. But the downside is, um, just because the lumber prices are down right now, doesn't mean that we're out of the woods yet, so to speak. The bad wildfire season currently raging in the U.S., uh, uh, Pacific Northwest, and British Columbia um, could cause sawmills to halt. And not to mention the U.S. South, home to southern yellow pine, is about to enter uh, hurricane season. So. Oh. So that can have an impact on supply. Um, And, you know, so that mix, you know, could result in lumber prices maybe not actually being much lower than, than, you know, anticipated. But anyway, these things are wait and see. I mean, there's some pretty crazy fires going on right now in in California. And it's really sad to see that. Um, Hopefully, you know, we don't, you know, we don't have any other, any more fires, but, um, yeah, but uh, that, those things can impact the the lumber prices. Yeah, so, did you see the small fire that happened on Mount Tam last? About the no, I, I got a I got a Nixle report, you know, which is the text alert that the yeah. you know the Marin Sheriff's Department sends out. But yeah, yeah, I was I was in my backyard, and, I, and we happened to be looking out at Mount Tam, and we we saw a little bit of smoke, and then a little bit more smoke, and then it was quickly put out. So they did a really good job because that's kind of hard area to get to yeah and did they did they put it out with planes or just ground crew no i think they put it out with the planes Uh, i think really um and uh, out with uh uh, only an acre burned which is good because if that if that mountain goes that's gonna be a big matzo ball for the rest of us Uh, yeah yeah you know i just uh it really makes you nervous uh thinking about the potential for all of that but you know on a side note um you know, you were saying that the planes put, you know, they, they probably yeah. sent planes over. You know, at some point, I have to imagine that they're going to have drone technology where they can, they can deploy drones. They can be so much more precise yeah. and run 24 hours a day. 
Yeah, um, you'd have to definitely make them super powerful though, because that's the, the retardant or water or whatever they want to yeah. use. It's got that's got to weigh a lot. Yeah, but you know they they can have smaller quantities and more drones. Yeah, that um, that they can be. I think I have to imagine that they're thinking about that and having because yeah. they can, you know, they can be really precise. Right, yeah. they can program them to to be you know over a spot and. They can run twenty four seven. They don't need daylight to do it. So I don't know. That would be interesting to see if, if that comes about. So, um, but anyway, go, going back. So lumber prices. You know, a lot going on in in, in things to consider with um, with construction. We're seeing still seeing you know strong demand in the construction uh, space, and um, certainly on just general residential sales. You know, this continues to be brisk in spite of a little bit of a slowdown. So, what kind of rates are you charging borrowers nowadays? Yeah, good question. So, there's a lot of competition. Um, there's a lot of competition for rate uh, for for quality loans, um, and so borrowers a year ago were probably you know getting in the low eights or being charged in the low eights. Now, I'd say they're in the high sevens, mid sevens for. For some of the, you know, bridge loans in particular, um, keep in mind though that that the average bridge loan borrower for us of late has been, you know, FICO scores have been north of 700. So these are really qualified people who have high net worth. Uh, Our average bridge loan has, you know, crept up to well over one, you know, 1.1 million or so. Well, economies Uh, of scale, you can lower the rate a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, less risk. I mean, these these loans are paying off um, in some cases in forty five days. Yeah. So. Well, oh yeah. What I meant with the economies of scale is uh, you have to do the same amount of paperwork for a million dollars as a two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get it out there. Uh, tell you what, we have um, we got a quick email question here. It says, "Do your loans have any prepayment penalties?" You know, that's a good question. So what is a prepayment penalty? Um, I'm sure most of the listeners have a pretty good idea, but essentially it's, it means like an early payoff fee or, or penalty. Meaning if you get a loan for X number of months or years and you pay it off sooner, do you incur some sort of fee because, because it's sooner than, than the lender wanted? Yes. And depending on the type of loan, um, it could be yes, there is a prepayment. Um, we actually call it a minimum interest guarantee. Um, so instead of a penalty, there's a, you know, we'll tell the borrower, we'll make this loan to you, but there's going to be a minimum interest guarantee of four months or five months or six months. Generally, those are going to be for what we call business purpose loans, where um, the, it's somebody who's flipping a property and they, they say they're gonna need it for, you know, 12 months. Well, we might put in a four-month or five-month minimum interest guarantee. And, you know, I know you have to cut to another segment, so I'll finish answering the question when we get back. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right. Mm -hmm. Farmers of which fruit sometimes pay helicopter pilots over $1,000 per hour to dry crops? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with correct answers and win that tanning certificate. I'll read it again. Farmers of which kind of fruit? Sometimes pay helicopter pilots over a thousand dollars per hour to dry the crops. Kind of interesting question. All right, to dry them, to dry oh, okay. them. Yeah, stay with us. The best of investing. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Our second trivia question. Farmers of which fruit sometimes pay helicopter pilots over $1,000 per hour to dry the crops? I'm going to say grapes. No, cherries. Yeah, I, I would have thought that grapes, too, because we're in Napa. Cherries, and it's, the reason is because if, it, if they're exposed to excessive rain, cherries will swell and split, which renders them useless. Wow. Interesting, huh? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess they, you know, are they really useless though? Or are they just not appealing to people in the supermarkets? Good, um, good, good, good question. Yeah. Good question. I don't know. Maybe uh, if they, if they split too early, then they don't get ripe and then they get rotten. I don't yeah. Know that. wow. That'll be our next trivia question. Okay. Um, so you, Nam, please continue on with uh, the answer about uh, prepayment penalties. Yeah. So the question was, uh, you know, do we charge a prepayment penalty? And um in the last segment we were talking about, well, it depends on, on the type of loan. So uh, at Pacific Private Money, we make uh, several types of loans, but you can sort of categorize them generally to two. The first one being uh, consumer or owner-occupied loans, uh, which have certain regulations that we have to follow. And the other are non-owner, you know, non-consumer loans or, or business purpose. And I was talking about uh, minimum interest guarantee being charged uh, for, you know, for loans uh, that are on the business purpose side. So again, like somebody who's fixing, uh, flipping a property, they acquire it, they tell us they need it for 12 months, but you know, that oftentimes these loans don't go for the full term or maybe it's 24 months. And so what, what we'll do is it's not called a prepayment penalty in, in this circumstance, but essentially it acts sort of in the same way where we'd say, listen, um, it is for 12 months, but we want a minimum interest guarantee of four or five or six. So if the person pays off in two months, they still owe basically five or six months worth of interest. Exactly. Okay. And on the consumer side for owner-occupied, um, it's against regulation to charge a prepayment penalty. Okay. So there is no pre, you can't enforce a prepayment penalty. Uh, for instance, like the bridge loans, we were talking about how, you know, borrowers are really high quality borrowers right now getting our bridge loans. And, and I was mentioning that sometimes they pay off in as little as 45 days. Those loans generally are written for 11 months. Um, and, um, but we can't charge any sort of prepayment penalty or minimum interest guarantee. Okay. Um, and so therefore, if a borrower pays off early, and I think the soonest the earliest we were paid off on a bridge loan was um, within 10 days, okay. actually, of, of, of getting our loan. And um, you would say, wow, how did that happen? Uh, well, oftentimes borrowers come to us for a bridge loan. They weren't planning to get a bridge loan. They were in the middle of a purchase uh, to buy a house and had a conventional loan in place. And then all of a sudden, the lender on the conventional loan says, you know what, we need an extra week or two weeks to fund this loan. Uh, in the meantime, that borrower is under contract to close within a certain time frame. And when that lender says, we need an extra 10 days, two weeks, what, what have you, 
also net borrowers in jeopardy of losing losing out on that purchase because the seller says, you know what, you agreed to close by this date. Um, if you're telling us you can't, then you know we can cancel the contract. Yeah. So you've got, and oftentimes these borrowers find out five, seven days, you know, before they're going to the, before the the, the fund or excuse me, escrow is supposed to close, yeah. and they're in a bind suddenly, and so they come to Pacific Private Money because we can transact very quickly. Um, Mark Conflex call it transactional distress. It's it's not borrowers who have low credit. Uh, that always come to us. It's borrowers who are just in a transaction that suddenly is under. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I read an article not not too long ago, actually, I think late yesterday, of how um, appraisers are so busy, and there's all these various new regulations and requirements for appraisers that a lot of the appraisers are older now. Young ones coming in are, you know, there's really not that much of an incentive because of the uh, either internship or apprentice or, you know, schooling, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Uh, It used to be a little easier to become an appraiser. Now it's become harder. And then there's all kinds of liability potential that they have. And so, and they can only make so much money doing it because it's it's also kind of getting regulated. So, uh, you're you're sort of you're you're dwindling your supply of appraisers, and they may end up having to change the rules, like desktop appraisals, or you know who knows if they'll be able to use third party, you know that sort of yeah. thing. Um, but be that as it may, what effectively it does is it slows the process down for the banks. It does, and you know what we're what we're seeing are scenarios where. People come to us um, on purchases, not necessarily for for the bridge loan, because we can do those without appraisals if we have if we're if we're comfortable with the with the desktop valuation that we do, um, and also in this real estate market, you know, of of course we lend only up to a certain amount, like seventy five percent, for instance, the loan to value, mm-hmm. but uh, we have um, borrowers coming to us who are purchasing property, multifamily, and or other. Um, where the appraisals taking way longer than anyone has time for, meaning if they don't complete the purchase, then they lose out on the opportunity. So if the loan to value is low enough, we'll, we'll take a chance and we'll have the appraisal be a trailing document. Not that we want to do that, but if we feel comfortable enough that, listen, this is only a 50% loan to value property, yeah. you know, appraisal is not gonna come in 25% off in gotcha. this case or what whatever that is, um, we'll go ahead and complete the loan. Yeah, because you guys have, I mean, you're lending primarily in California, so you know the areas fairly well that you're lending in. And you're, you know, it's not going to be too crazy. I mean, you can use other third-party uh, facts to, to back up, especially if it's, a, if it's a bona fide purchase. You know, theoretically, willing buyer, willing seller will determine market yep. value. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's actually uh, we are lending more out of state because we have buyers for these, and we're using the Freedom Fund to fund some of the loans that we're then selling, and these are out of state loans. Okay. Um, but um, but you're right in California. I mean, on a on a single family residential purchase or a refi, you know, we've got the market, all the markets, most of them, the major metros, pretty wired. So we're comfortable lending here without an appraisal. In other markets, you know, and our end buyer, loan buyers, they need uh, appraisal. 
So, so and you have licenses through other states, so you're you hooked up. Yeah, with yeah. Some uh, some states, uh, depending on the type of transaction or loan you're making, you don't need to have a license if it's oh. to an entity um, versus oh. to a consumer. Very yeah, good. To a, a Wealth of knowledge, there, my friend. All right. Uh, third trivia question: The bone patella is also known as what? What's another name for patella? Uh, okay, in 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 your body, the bone. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. All right, call eight 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 nine one two eleven ninety. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. The bone patella is also known as what? What's the common name for that? All right, stay with us with the best investing returns. Uh, Nam will talk about deal of the week. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown and Nam Fawner here. Okay, third trivia question. The bone, patella, is also known as what? The kneecap, right? The kneecap. Very good. All right. Well, again, one out of three, that, that'll get you in the Hall of Fame in baseball. But for the, <laughs> for the best, of, best of investing, we want to see at least two out of three. All right, Nam, uh, give us a deal of the week. Give us a little background about Pacific Private Money, how you work, and why you're able to yeah. charge what you, you charge. So uh, Pacific Private Money, we are in the alternative lending space where we're lenders, uh, mortgage brokers, lenders. We originate loans. Um, and prior to really the last year or this year, we've been largely lending in California. Although um, in the last year or in the last six months or so, seven months, we've had opportunities to do loans in other states, different types of loans, so more multifamily uh, some construction rehab, but essentially at the end of the day, we're lenders. We make loans to, to individuals uh, largely on uh, residential real estate, although, as I mentioned, we do some multifamily. And um, and so people come to us when they need a loan, generally um, when a bank can't uh, accommodate them. So we're plan B, essentially, when bank financing, plan A, you know, the big banks aren't able to lend to people. And, and it's for a lot of different reasons, which we try to cover uh, on the shows. One of them being speed and convenience. Uh, it's not for rate because we charge more than bank, more than conventional lenders, but oftentimes speed and convenience just outweighs the, the cost, especially when you consider how short of a hold a lot of these borrowers keep our loans. So this week uh, we're working on a loan where uh, it's a $2.9 million loan against a $7.5 million property in Napa. Wow. Um, 38% loan to value. And essentially the borrower is coming to us because, you know, they speed. They have an opportunity. Um, they already actually live in this property, but they want to uh, actually, I'm sorry, they acquired a property and they're building a uh, a 4,100 square foot home with uh, 810 foot uh, square foot ADU. They just jumped on an opportunity um, to to acquire a property that they can build on. And in this case, you know the, the what stands out a, a little bit about it is you know we're not we're, you know we're not verifying income of the borrowers to qualify for this loan. 
Um, this is um, a essentially a rehab um, uh, scenario where this there's so much protective equity in this property, or the property is worth so much. This borrower has a track record, and ultimately we have a loan buyer for it already that's not so much concerned about the income of the borrower or their qualifications, although that track record, you know, they look at their experience yeah. and they see that this borrower has done multiple projects like this and the price point's right. And so, um, you know, people oftentimes, you know, think, well, if somebody doesn't have the income, are you, why, why would you make a loan? If you don't look, excuse me, if you don't look at their income, aren't you worried about their ability to Make the payments, yeah. Make the payments, and and in this case, no, because we look at all of these other circumstances that really make the income piece of it kind of a not not a relevant uh, metric. Um, we look at their past experience, their their overall net worth, and we look specifically at the project plans that they have for this property, and we look and say, is this is this a reasonable project at a reasonable price? Are there cost estimates? accurate their budget accurate for a project like this are you, so lending, Matt, are you lending a little bit more so they have a cushion to be able to make the monthly payments or uh, how's that working yeah I, actually i don't know if the cushion is built in or if if we're so much concerned uh, about adding a cushion so they can make the monthly payments versus just the amount of funds they need for materials and, and labor etc for this um actually a good question um but in this case you know, Matt Cordes is our loan agent on this. He is, you know, one of, has one of the sharpest, you know, eyes and minds for construction lending. Uh, and I think not only in California, but he really has a good, a good eyes and just to ask the right questions. And is and this, to, is this one, this is one of the, this fund, uh, it's a North Star fund that's going to be doing this loan, right? Uh, actually, I don't know if it's North Star fund that's going to do this loan because it's on a, the lower end of the rate. Spectrum. Oh, and so, also technically, it's not a construction loan because you're you're lending against the equity in the uh, in the current resident. Yeah, and this one just because of the rate, you know, it's going to be around eight um, percent. That doesn't fit the fund uh, per yeah. se. So this is probably one that we're going to sell okay. uh, and not hold in our portfolio. Oh, that's right. Sorry about that. You did say you were going to be selling it. Yeah. So, the, so the Freedom Fund would would fund this would fund this loan and then sell it off. Well, let's let's talk about the fund because you know the audience yeah. listening in you know hears about these opportunities and it's like, well, great, you as a company are making all this money, but I'm listening to the show. How do I make money <laughs> listening to the show? Yeah. So what's the opportunity for investors? Yeah. So investors who want to participate in in real estate uh, have multiple ways of doing it. You can real you know you can be an owner of real estate. And, you know, for instance, be a landlord where you acquire a rental property and a property that you're going to rent out to, to tenants, or you can be on the debt side where you're lending the money, investing the money that is then used, you know, we use to lend to borrowers who may be somebody acquiring property to be a landlord or to acquire properties to live in. Um, so we act, you know, our two clients are the borrowers and the investors. So for investors, the appeal is that you invest with us, we may lend the money out to borrowers at 7 or 8%. And in the case of the Freedom Fund, you can earn 6. Um, and it's a fixed 6%. Uh, and the appeal specifically with the Freedom Fund is that it's highly liquid, meaning you we use the funds to make loans to borrowers on properties and, and loans that we, tan, that we plan to turn over and sell pretty quickly. So like this, this Napa or Sonoma example. Um, in return, you earn 
if you then need to have access to those funds, generally we can uh, redeem you within two weeks. Um, lately, it's been you know anywhere from a week to two weeks for redemptions. Um, so that's the appeal. You have six percent on funds that you can get back quickly, and you're comparing that against keeping it in the bank, earning you know whatever the the interest rates are on a, in a savings or checking account, um, or other other vehicles that may pay you know less, but high liquidity, flat six percent. Um, you know, it's it's become very attractive for, for investors. And we're seeing a lot of people who are getting paid off on trust deeds that they're investing in where they're the direct lender yeah. and parking it in the Freedom Fund until the next trust deed opportunity comes up. And I can tell you, trust deed opportunities these days are really competitive. Yeah. Um, you know, partly because banks are coming to us, Pacific Private Money, and saying, hey, I'd like to buy your loans. Well, when they come to us and say, I want to buy your loans and, and I'm willing to accept, you know, 6% uh, rate of return uh, or 5%, it's, it's really hard to say no to that because obviously we make money off the spread. So, um, you know, people are turning to us for investing in the Freedom Fund in this case. For more information, how do people get a hold of you? They can give us a call at 415-883-2150. Or they can go to our website, which is www.pacificprivatemoney.com, and uh, they can download information about our various funds and uh, actually watch some older fund videos that we have. And maybe in the next segment, we'll, we'll try and pin a date on the, on the next fund event. Very good. All right. Stay with us. The Best of Investing will be back with some closing thoughts and comments. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fawn of Pacific Private Money. Uh, Nam, uh, do you have any events coming up? <laughs> I closed the last segment saying maybe we'll talk about events, uh, the next event. And actually, we don't. We don't. <laughs> Big switch. No, um, we, we will. We need to have something like late September. Um, the, the, what I don't know is whether or not we can do a live event. I would love to just get yeah. back out there. And I guess what will determine that is actually if the hotels will allow us to to hold an event in their venue. Um, you know, we had a, we were doing um, events at the Marriott and at Embassy Suites. Actually, you know what, we'll place a call in with them. You know, and they may say, you know what, you can hold an event, but all of the attendees have to have a vaccination card or show, you know, that they're COVID free in the last X number of days. Um, we need to do a little bit of research, yeah. but I'd say if they're okay with it and, you know, they people are following the mandates that, that the hotels have in place. I don't see why we, we wouldn't want to do something sure. live. Um, so more to come on that. Um, I would I love to, you still to offer get back food. You usually you, you used to offer food. So I wonder if you could even do that. I know. I know. So, you know, uh, the events that we actually, you know what, we're going to an event uh, this week um, in Las Vegas. And um, the last one I went to all of the hot food that they had, like hot plate food was all packaged in little plastic <laughs> containers. 
And uh, talk about recycling taboo there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like little hot dog on a stick or whatever, or, or <laughs> you know, little cubes. They were all in little plastic containers. I know. It's funny. It's like last time uh, we were able to fly first class um, and it was during COVID and they gave us like, you know, water and a cookie. And that was, you know, and it's like, Hey, this is first class. Come on. I think it's just a way for them to, 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 you know, get away with doing things cheap. I, I do appreciate the fact that many of the airlines have uh, not invoked a change fee, you know? And in fact, yeah. I got to say, even United Airlines, um, when we had to cancel a flight, uh, mm-hmm. it took me a while, but I actually was able to get them to refund it. Not just give me credit. You know what? Yeah. That, that, um, that Delta, I think it was Delta and Southwest both did that for me. So that was nice. Yeah. But uh, I ended up um, using them. So again, and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm going tomorrow to an event and we'll see what happens um, if the events slated for September and October happen. Now are you going know. to, are you going to Vegas? I'm going tomorrow just oh, for a day. Oh, just for, yeah. just for the day. Oh. I know it's brutal. It's long, brutal. Long, long, well, it's not that long a flight, but enough to just. Yeah. Uh, so Mark went there by himself, and uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, and then I'll see him tomorrow, and then he comes back Friday, and I but I come back tomorrow. Gotcha. All right. Uh, yeah. Give out if you would give out your information one more time, so in case people want yeah. to get a hold of you for either. Uh, well, for either of the funds, because um, you have yep. different funds that pay different interest rates. Yep. So our um, give us a call at 415-883-2150, or you can reach us at www.pacificprivatemoney.com. You can learn about our four funds. So we have the Pacific Pri- uh, Freedom Fund, which we talked about. We have, our, of course, our legacy fund, the Pacific Private Money Fund. And then we have the Pacific Southwest Note Fund and the um, North Star Capital Fund. So all unique in, in respect to the types of loans and uh, projects that we're doing and um, or just the general makeup. You have to be accredited to invest in any of them and uh, different minimum investment amounts. Okay. But uh, again, 415-883-2150 or www.pacificprivatemoney.com. All right. It's always been a pleasure. Here's our thoughts for the day. Did you hear about the man injured in a bizarre peekaboo accident? He's an ICU. <laughs> That's fantastic. And, and I accidentally fell asleep smoking an e-cigarette. When I woke up, my whole house was on the internet. <laughs> I know, that's pretty bad. I, I don't you made that one up. No, I wish I did. I, no, I wish I didn't. I didn't actually. <laughs> I'm okay with that. All right, audience, tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on 860 AM. The Answer. 
This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.